Hi, and welcome to the Young Family Small Business Podcast, the show that deep dives into conversations with experts in small business, raising a young family, or are shining examples of mastery in both. My name is Ben Walker, and I'm the founder of Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants, and the host of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Inspire, Life-Changing Accountants. We've worked with thousands of business owners since we started in 2013, and we're best known for saving our client base a total of $17 million in tax and counting. For every dollar of tax we proactively save a small business, Inspire donates a day worth of access to life-changing food, water, health, or sanitation services to a family in need. If you're interested in speaking with an accountant to see how we could help your business, head to inspire.business forward slash chat. In this episode of Young Family Small Business, I interview Alison Joyce, who runs a bookkeeping firm called Efficiency Partners and is known for helping small and medium-sized businesses implement streamlined processes and accurate financial management systems that create clarity for business owners. Uh, 2022 will be the 18th year of business and their team of 11 work with over 120 clients Australia-wide. Their clients are small to medium business owners that are time poor, fighting financial fires, uh, and looking to benefit from the team's professional, decisive, and resourceful approach results in best practice uh, financial management and reporting systems being implemented. Um, in 2021, Efficiency Partners were named as a finalist in the Accountants Daily Bookkeeping Firm of the Year Awards, um, and they're the preferred bookkeeping or, um, firm of many accounting firms, including our own, where their client base ranges from professional services, allied health, medical, construction, hospitality, sport and fitness, retail, consulting, and much more. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, interviewing Alison and the, the topic of bookkeeping is close to my heart as an accountant, of course. Um, and some key things we spoke about were having some boundaries and when it comes to um, you know, separating work from home life, uh, including some really practical stuff like when the off store closes, um, that's it for the day. Um, also, uh, how Alison only works school hours. And recently uh, dropped her hours to dropped her days a week to to four, which is awesome. And then just some sort of tips on how to keep an eye out for uh, like what to spot with bad bookkeeping. Uh, so we go into a bit of detail there and how business owners might be able to be aware of, of some of the pitfalls of that. So uh, really good interview. And um, thanks so much, Alison, for your time. And I hope our audience enjoys um, your listening. Hey, Alison, good to have you here this morning. And I've been really looking forward to interviewing you on the podcast. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. I'm a little nervous because I don't usually do these kind of things, so you might just have to bear with me a little. That's all good. You've got plenty of value to share. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed our webinar. I think we did that last year. Could have even been the year before that. It's been... Um, oh, yeah, it was a while back now. It could have been early last year, actually. Yeah, yep. It feels yeah. like forever ago. So much has happened in business and in the world since then. Yep, Absolutely. Well, um, the first question always on the podcast is tell us a bit about your family. Yeah, okay. So I have, uh, I'm married to uh, Quinn and I met Quinn on a cattle station uh, about 17 years ago. I was a Jillaroo and he was the head stockman on the cattle station. Um, and uh, yeah, that's where I met him. And we now have uh, two daughters. Tanea is 14 and Ruby is 11. There you go. And a couple of dogs too. <laughs> awesome. What, what breed are they? Um, Harvey is an Aussie bulldog. Yep. Yeah, so he's only 14 months old mm -hmm. and he's weighing in at nearly 40 kilos, so he's massive. 
and we have a two-hour oh. <laughs> completely opposite situation happening. Yeah. Um, and she's almost 11. Yeah. So she's uh, a lot smaller and quite cranky. So they're kept apart. They're not friends at all. <laughs> she's <laughs> under 10 kilos, do you think? Oh, yeah, she'd be pushing about six kilos, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so chalk and cheese and not friends at all. That's One lives upstairs and the other lives down. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And, and so as a family, what, what sort of things do you like to do to spend time together? We're very much an outdoor family. So we've got a caravan and we go camping all the time. We love a bit of combination of bush and beach camping. Yep. And generally, I guess weekends are a combination of sport, going out family dinners, we have a very close extended family, so we spend a lot of time with them. Mm. And of late, having a 14-year-old daughter, I also feel like I'm a little bit of a taxi driver as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you wear yeah. many hats as a mom. Yeah, cool. And any favourite spots um, for camping? Uh, we go to Harvey Bay every year for almost three weeks and um, we've got a, we're lucky enough to have a beachfront site there. So we go to the same place every year all the same families in the caravan park and it's awesome. Yeah, we don't see these people um, until we go camping at Christmas time, Um, but they're like extended family members now. I've been doing it that long. All the kids grow up together and I remember doing that as a kid myself. We used to go to Burley Heads all the time and um, as some of my fondest memories of of our childhood was going camping and meeting new friends and, yeah, it's awesome. Do you get down to Madigan's, the fish and chip shop? We don't actually go to Madigan's anymore oh. because the, the lineup is always so long. Yep. And when you have young kids, they get hangry very, very quickly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Madigan's not on the list for us. There's a couple of new fish and chip shops there now, which is pretty good. Awesome. Oh, there you go. Yeah. It's definitely a growing plant. It's Harvey Bay. It's a really nice spot along the Esplanade there. Mm, nice. Yeah. And so um, you've got, you're running a business. Quinn is working full time. You've got two kids. How do you manage to keep some time with Quinn? And, and what do you guys like doing to sort of um, build your relationship? Yeah. So I guess, Ben, before the kids came along, I was very much a sort of six or seven day a week worker. Mm. I didn't have, you know, I've got a team of 11 now. And I obviously back then I didn't have that. Yeah, it was, it was me and one other lady and I hadn't really mastered the uh, the art of delegation. So I was working very, very long hours back then. And then when we got married and had kids, it all started to come to fruition, the reasons I went into business myself. And I really just set some boundaries around, you know, this is my family time and this is my, um, you know, on the business time. And I think it's really, really important. I did kick myself that I didn't do that earlier. Yeah. So now we've got boundaries. Um, my entire team work from home. I have an office downstairs and when I leave and close the door for the day, then that's it. Yep. So we like to keep busy as a family. Being a numbers girl, you can imagine that I am very scheduled and my family life is kind of pretty scheduled too. So when you are running a business, plus have have young children, you do have to make sure that you have slotted in time for the family. I also kind of made the decision 
couple of years ago that um, I didn't want my kids going to after-school care anymore and so I stopped that and, and finished work at 2.30 every day so that I could go and pick my kids up and and even of recently I've sort of said, okay, I'm having one day a week off so I'm only working four days a week now because awesome. I need some time for myself as well. I need some Alison time and um you know, admittingly, some of that Allison time is cleaning the house, but <laughs> generally it's Allison time. So I think it's just really good to find that balance and take the just the business owner hat off sometimes and just have your have your hat on at the right spot. So when you're when you're at work, you're you're working and when you're home with the kids and your husband, you're home with the kids and the husband. Awesome. Yeah. And we like to fit in a bit of a date night every now and then too, but uh, it doesn't happen all that often. Oh, well, thanks for sharing some of those things, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the working school hours is pretty impressive. Yeah, I think it did take me a long time to work that out, Ben, and I think, you know, I did have a lot of guilt early on when I was working that I couldn't sort of uh, pick the girls up from school every day and, um you know, do what I wanted to do of an afternoon, whether that be sporting or just take a walk along the beach or whatever that is. But I soon realised that it was only myself stopping that from happening. So wow. give myself a bit of a slap and, yeah, changed it up. Yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, um, did you want to sort of give us a bit of a, an overview of what your careers look like over the time, um, maybe starting with being a Jillaroo? <laughs> Uh, so um, when I left school, um, I finished grade 12 and I actually uh, got the phone call that I'd received a job at an accounting firm whilst I was on schoolies. Oh. So I cut my schoolies week short. Yeah. And uh, started the new job in an accounting firm and I was the junior in the firm at 17, obviously, so I was doing all the you know, the Girl Friday jobs, running around banking and filing and all those kinds of things. I gradually worked my way up and the manager of the, the firm said to me at the time, actually, Alison, you're really good at accounting. Would you like to go and do a course? We'll send you to a Serena Rosso mm. course, accounting course. So, I, you know, I'd never thought about accounting in school. So I took up the opportunity and um, realised I actually really liked it. Yep. So um, I did that for quite some time and then I made the decision that I wanted to go and work on a cattle station and just experience life out there. had a lot of friends out there and my best mate, who also worked in an accounting firm, was going out there as well as a cook. So she went out there as a cook and I went out there as a jewellery and it was amazing. It was really, really hard work. But the people out there are, are amazing people and we had so much fun. Mm. Um, learned how to ride a motorbike, uh, lots of bruises and things later. But, um, yeah, some of the best memories are out there. Um, made some really good mates and obviously met my husband. So mm. it was a worthwhile experience. And um, one that I'm hoping actually met my daughters both do too. So... A lot of our friends still manage very big cattle stations out west and uh, our eldest daughter, Tanea, may just go out there for a little while after school just to experience life out there. Yeah, wow. Um, so how, that was that. How long were you there for? Uh, I was there for nearly a year. Yeah, wow. Yeah. It was, um, I already knew how to ride a horse and 
and all those things, but it's certainly not what you see on the cloud's daughters. Yeah, so there wasn't much riding of horses out there because the station I was on was three and a half million acres, so it was enormous. Sounds bigger than some countries. It was enormous and, you know, you had to remember where to get to, how to get there. No street signs or anything, obviously, on the property. Mm. So you have to remember, take note of what's around you so that you can remember how to get back to the station after your day mastering or whatever that might be. Yeah, wow. So that was a really interesting time and um, really great experience being so young and, yeah. So then I came back and went straight back into accounting, worked for a couple of different accounting firms, managed an accounting firm, and it was whilst I was managing an accounting firm that I seen a lot of clients' books coming in that were very ordinary Mm. and required a lot of work by the accountants to fix it up and I also seen that accountants are not that great at bookkeeping. They're accountants for a reason and they're really different uh, skill sets, bookkeeping and accounting. So that's when I started A-Clark Bookkeeping yeah. back then and that was in 2004. So we're going on 18 years of business this year. <laughs> um, so we've grown now and we've got a team of 11. We have clients all over Australia. And, yeah, we're just, we're, we're continually growing and we're continually improving our internal systems and processes and, and you know, offering clients a really broad range of services, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, no, very good. I know we've been working together for, yeah, long now, maybe four, is four years a accurate guess? Yeah, maybe three or four years now. Oh, good. I know that, um, yeah, we, well, you, you do our own bookkeeping, but um, work with quite a lot of our clients and the feedback's always really good. So, yeah, yeah thank you. Been, been great. Um, and, and so you mentioned there's sort of a, a bit of a difference between accounting and bookkeeping. And often the perception might be uh, an accountant does the bookkeeping as well, or the bookkeeper can do the accounting as well. Like, what would you say is the distinction between the two? A bookkeeper is in your day to day business. So they know the day-to-day runnings of your business. Quite often we have a very uh, close relationship with not only with the business owner but, but with key people in the business. Mm. The difference between accounting and bookkeeping, so we take the books from here to here and the accountant takes it from here to here. So without accurate bookkeeping, the accountants can't do their job. 100%. <laughs> and, it, and it also, we find that a lot of, accounting firms that are offering bookkeeping, they're generally not as broad service as we are. So they're not paying clients' bills for them. They're not doing the payroll. They're not chasing up debtors. They're not doing regular invoicing. They're more a data processing type bookkeeper. Mm. Quite often they're also um, junior bookkeepers. A lot of the modeler accounting firms, they, they they employ the bookkeeper and then they grow them and mentor them up into an accountant. And, you know, personally, I, I think that's really great from the experience perspective of the bookkeeper. That's kind of what I did myself. Mm. And hands-on experience, when you become an accountant, hands-on experience is the best you can get. So, yeah, I just think from a client perspective, it's probably not ideal. It's really good to have two sets of eyes. Yep. 
and just have some segmentation within those responsibilities. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And I know that we um we were doing clients bookkeeping from sort of very early days in Inspire, and then we um we did make the decision to sort of hand them all over to you after like we we were looking for a partner to um to to take that on, and um yeah, like the things as you said, we were sort of data processing rather than full service bookkeeping. Um, and and it is a such a different um, uh, business model. Like um, even the, the the regularity of the service is is way different in bookkeeping versus accounting. It's just um, yeah, it's got its uh, absolute challenges. So um, yeah, absolutely. And it just means that you can do your job better and yep. be able to advise your client more accurately if you've got accurate numbers. Mm, yep, absolutely. And I've had a couple of conversations with um, clients where they kind of don't know where to start with getting good bookkeeping systems in. And, and these could be businesses that are just startups or even sort of older ones and they don't really have sort of best practice. So would you be able to run us through what like really great bookkeeping systems might look like in a business? Yeah, sure. So the majority of the clients that we look after when you first, when we've first taken them on, they don't have accurate or appropriate record-keeping systems. So in today's world, you can attach invoices to your transactions in Zero. You can save your invoices to Dropbox. Uh, you could forward them from an email to Zero. So there's multiple ways that you can be efficient. A lot of the processes that we set up are customised to what our clients' needs and what works for them. It needs to work for them. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so there are a multitude of things that we can do to streamline their, their filing systems. And I think that's a really important focus that you need to, business owners need to sort of adhere to. Get a correct filing system that's accessible by the people that need it. The next thing is uh, move away from anything manual. Mm-hmm. Manual is gone. Those days are gone. Shoeboxes. Um, <laughs> Two boxes are a no. <laughs> They're a definite no. Maybe to start with, but not ongoing. Um, and get just get tech savvy. So, you know, these days you can take a photo of your receipt on your phone and send it straight into Zero. A lot of our um, clients, we set up specific accounts email addresses for them so that their inboxes are not clogged with, 3,000 emails, and that's when things get missed. So as I mentioned, with segregation between bookkeeping and accounting, you need to segregate internally as well, departmentalise what's going on in your business. So marketing, finance, um, admin, sales, Mm. they should all be really different. You shouldn't have an inbox that's encompassing all of those. That's just confusing for everybody. And I know you've, um, because we use it, but you've got a service where um, your your team actually man an accounts at yourbusiness.com email address for you and manage that. That's just the like a, an awesome part. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it just means from, from our end that all our clients' emails are not getting mixed up in our inbox. Mm. So, you know, we're teaching you to be efficient. We also like to be efficient on our end. So you know, all the Inspire accounts emails will go to the Inspire accounts email and so on and so forth with the businesses that we look after. So it's really segregated and 
I think it's it's about getting into habits. It's all about habits and just sticking with them and being regular and consistent. Yep. Yep. No, there you go. And I know um, a couple of things I noticed when you you took over ours is um, you know the option to have it done so regularly, and I think we're on a weekly cycle. Yeah. Um, which is really good because if it was monthly, there, there might be a delay in actually reporting, you know, on or like looking back on the last few months and how they're going. If if you don't have a sort of regular interval that you do your bookkeeping, then then you're not really being able to make management decisions either. I find so. Um, no, you're not. It, we most of our clients are either weekly or fortnightly. Yeah. Quarterly is not a thing anymore no. for us. That's um, <laughs> far too delayed. Um, monthly is really pushing it out. You need to have accurate financials at the click of a button. Yep. And what we also find is if we go back to clients, you know, three weeks after the fact, hmm. they've either forgotten what the expense was or they can't find it or whatever it is. It just, it's just too much of a delay. Yeah. So if you need to go to the bank and, and get a loan, Tomorrow, then you need to be able to go into your accounting system and make sure that it's accurate and up to date. Not say, "Oh, I've got to wait now three weeks to get my bookkeeping up to date." That's not good enough. Yeah, yep, absolutely. We we struggle with the financing if um if we've sort of asked clients to get their, their info in uh, for a few months now they haven't, and then they uh, all of a sudden need their financials for um, the bank. Like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, a bit tricky. It happens all the time, and then everyone's freaking out and being, you know, reactive. Bookkeeping is not one of those things that you want to be reactive with. You need to be proactive, and you need to be consistent, and you need to have really good systems and processes in place so that everyone knows what's going on, and that everyone knows where to access information. Yep. Uh, absolutely, and and another point I um I really appreciate about you what what you offer is um you know a lot of bookkeepers just do the the bank reconciliations and really don't pay attention to much else going on. But um every month um Renee who who looks after us um she asks for the bank statements um and and make sure the balance sheet is actually correct and and the balance sheet is actually incredibly important when you're looking at a um a business. If, profit and loss statements good. The balance sheet isn't it's it's wrong then it actually means nothing it's actually quite difficult <laughs> yeah spot on so having managed an accounting firm i've seen the processes that go on in an accounting firm and i've adopted the same processes that our bookkeeping firm so our balance sheets for all our clients are reconciled every single month and they're reconciled back to source documents so that we can at any point go and say okay well if this says ten thousand dollars liability then here's the supporting document that will substantiate that. So by the time it's it comes time to do BAS or end of year or whatever that is, our client's files are completely up to date. Uh, if they get audited, it's no it's not a headache. Mm. Yes. So, um, and I feel like that that also adds so much more. It to definitely the, is important. Um, the, the efficiency of running the business, even getting the accounting done at the end of the year, having all of that in place is just amazing. Um, and, and it makes it a quick process, not a back and forth for three, four months. And then the other thing as well, like if, if we've got business owners who are looking to sell their business, having up-to-date records um, that, that have source documents, a, a balance sheet that's appropriate, like all that sort of stuff makes the, the due diligence process of, of someone buying you 
a whole lot less relaxed because they're like, oh, these guys know what they're doing financially. I've got less risk of something hairy being in these books somewhere. And there's just so many add-on benefits, not just making your bookkeeper happy or the ATO happy. It's actually, there's so many other benefits to the business itself. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah selling your business, um, obtaining finance for your business, mm. you know, making key decisions oh. <laughs> that are going to impact your business. So, you know, you're not going to run into any icebergs that are going to sink your business because mm. you've got accurate financials and you can make decisions based on them. Yep. Um, so those numbers don't lie. And if they're up to date, then that is what it is. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Um, but just going back to what you mentioned around, you know, some bookkeepers only do your bank recs, mm. I wouldn't actually say they're bookkeepers. I would say they're data entry uh, admin team members rather than bookkeepers. There's a really big difference. Obviously, you've got to have accurate data going in, mm. um, but there's far more to it than data entry. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think we've touched on a couple of these points already, but I'm happy to cover them again if, if you feel. What are the key mistakes you see business owners make when it comes to bookkeeping? The biggest mistake is doing their own. Yeah. And, and what happens as a result of that? <laughs> <laughs> Nine times out of 10, they're doing their own because they think it's going to save them money. Mm, um, save on the bookkeeping fees? Yeah. 10 out of 10 times they're wrong and it costs them more money because as if, you know, when you're doing it yourself, if it's not your key skill set, you don't know what you don't know. So, and generally you're processing just in and out of your bank account. You are being that data entry person that we just spoke about. Mm. So it it costs you money because you miss out on deductions. You might not pay things correctly, claim GST correctly, Um, you end up paying more in accounting fees, Mm -hmm. and you've got no support. You've got no backup. So if you've got no backup and, you know, you go away or something happens to you and you get sick, then you're in some strife if you're the only one that knows how to do the bookkeeping for your business. It's just a really risky thing to do, and it's not smart to be doing your own bookkeeping as a business owner when you have another skill set which could earn you far greater returns. So that's a really big, big mistake that we see with business owners. Mm. And the other really big thing we see is that business owners don't provision for liabilities. (laughs) Then it comes time to do your BAS or your tax or pay your super and it's, it's stress because we haven't got the money. Yep. And that could be a multitude of reasons. It's, it could be because you haven't provisioned for it or it could just be because you don't have the cash and you don't have the cash because you haven't been doing regular invoicing mm. or perhaps you've been doing regular invoicing but your clients are not paying because you're not doing follow-ups. So a multitude of things and it just compounds. And I think once you've dug a hole, um, it's really hard to get out of. Yeah, slow, slow. Yeah, I just think you need... You need the right people in your corner, whether that be legal, accounting, bookkeeping, right people in your right corner, it will be uh, set you up for success. Yeah, there you go. And and is there a point in time a business should hire a bookkeeper internally um, for them or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, your business, you know, big, large business, they will probably get to a point where they could 
employ someone internally full-time. It could be financially viable in saying that not everyone wants the business model of uh, having 10, 12 employees. Outsourcing has become really popular, you know, for a multitude of reasons, regardless of how big your business is. Mm. And I, I think it really just depends on the business owner themselves and and what kind of business model they want, how big they want their team to be, how fluid do they want their team to be. Yeah, yep, for sure. There you go. And it's one one less person to HR and manage you. <laughs> oh, HRs are submit they yeah, it's a different ball game and it, it's not for everyone. Mm, for sure. And yeah. and also the thing is when you have uh, someone internally, um, your business might be big enough to to warrant a full time internal bookkeeper. Mm. What then happens when that bookkeeper gets sick, goes on annual leave? There's no backup for that person. If you've only got one person in your business that knows how to do your bookkeeping, your invoicing, things like that, then you're going to come across an iceberg at some point and it's going to cause a headache. Sure. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Is there any other sort of main problems that pop up uh, when it comes to bookkeeping? Probably your filing system. Yep. Um, having access to, to documents is a really big thing. Mm. Bookkeepers, you know, when we're working with business owners, we need access to all your source documents, you, you know, your, your bank statements, your supplier invoices. Um, we can't do our job unless, you know, we've got your help in that. Yep. So having a good filing system that's accessible by everyone and that is logical, can be followed, hmm. uh, is really important. Yep. There you go. Ah, very good. I know, um, yeah, our process of getting um, getting questions answered. I've um, I've got Glazer's help with that and she keeps me on task. So. <laughs> yeah, and it, it makes a lot of work for your accountant if, you know, the financials are sent in to them by a, a business owner. Hmm. And they don't have the relevant source documents with them or they don't have, you know, as a business owner, you might not know what to send in to your account. Mm. You know, yes, you'll get a checklist. Can you follow the checklist? Have you got all that information at hand or is that going to take four weeks to now go and find that information? Yeah. yeah. And that's, um, and then we kind of lost the, um, the how up-to-date the books are if you sort of always have that three, four, five-week lag. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, good good bookkeeping isn't just that reconciliation that we talked about before. What are the additional services that you offer that um that actually help sort of drive the business's cash flow and 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 yeah, so tell us a bit about those extra things that you find that a lot of other bookkeeping firms may not offer. Yeah, so we provide a a full range of bookkeeping services. So obviously we do your bank preps and things like that, which is your basic stuff. But we also can invoice your customers. We have a debtor debtor management uh, service where we can consistently, keyword, consistently follow up on your debtors. Mm. We also uh, pay pay our clients' bills. So their supplier bills, they all come into the account's email, we process them, communicate with the business owner around cash flow. So we can do cash flow forecasting, 13-week rolling cash flow so you can foresee what's going to happen. 
um, not just run into the iceberg and then work out what to do. Um, as the ship sinks, oh dear. As the ship sinks, yeah. We also uh, advise our clients on what to provision for their liabilities, super PAYG, et cetera. We also like to catch up with our clients. As I said, they're all over Australia, so nine times out of ten it's on Zoom. Mm. And we like to run through the numbers with them so they can understand what's going on in their business. It's okay to just get a P&L in your inbox or in a balance sheet, but if you've got no idea what you're looking at, then that's not much help to you. So um, we offer that service. We also offer a service if you've got an internal administration team member. Yep. Um, and they might be there to help you organise the, the filing or whatever their role is. We work very closely with them to train them on how best to do things in terms of the systems and processes that will help us achieve the end goal. Awesome. And that, that'll save the business owner themselves time. <laughs> yes, that's right. And uh, we also provide a training service. So a lot of uh, micro businesses they might want to do the basics themselves and have us review their month-end file and and we provide them some training on how they can do that so if they're just starting out in business we'll help them sort of set up their systems and processes give them some training on zero or whatever accounting system they're using and then every fortnight or every month month we'll check in with them review what they're doing make sure it's correct um, and kind of hold their hand while they're just sort of learning the, the basics. Once that's under control, we then encourage them to hand it off to us. They know how to do it. You don't have to be the one doing it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there you go. I've seen. Um, yeah, I've seen a few different disasters with clients, and um, unfortunately, bookkeepers sort of stealing money or um, not, not actually doing accurate records and things like that. Where where business owners don't know what they don't know or kind of maybe not work at, sorry, not, not know what to look for with that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah, how, how do you reckon people go around defending against that sort of stuff? So, so bad bookkeeping or internal or external bookkeepers nicking money, which is, yeah, I've seen it too often. Um, it's it's, it's um, horrendous that people can actually do that. So as a business owner, um, I think you do need to have some checks in place mm. and you know, if your bookkeeper is going to pay your bills, then it's very easy for the bookkeeper to upload an ABA file to your account, uh, to your online banking, and you go ahead and approve it as the business owner. Yep. You've still got some control over what's going on. You can see what's going out of your bank account. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've got a bookkeeper internally now or even externally and you're not getting regular um, reports from them, then you need to ask for those regular reports. If you look at a, a P&L statement, you know, multi-period, so January to, to June side by side in a report, mm. you're going to quickly see if there's some money, things that don't add up. Yep. You're also the reason we, with our balance sheets, the reason we sort of reconcile them back to source document is because that's proof. That's proof that that balance is actually correct. Yep. So it's all about, you know, as a business owner, you do have to ask for these documents. You do, don't bury your head in the sand, um, which some people seem to do when it comes to numbers. Yep. Um, 
you've got to be proactive and you've got to look at these numbers and you've got to ask for things that you're not sure of and that can substantiate what you're looking at. I think a lot of, um, obviously, a bookkeeper and business owner relationship is, is pretty special. Yeah. Um, sometimes get called a bit of a counsellor as well <laughs> because you do develop that relationship with your clients that they know that they can trust you and that, you know, then everything comes out as well, even not to do with numbers. So I think as a business owner, although you, you do 100% want to trust your bookkeeper and you should be able to, you still need to be accountable and responsible as a business owner to know what's going on in your business. Yeah, yep, and have those sort of checks in place. To... You need checks and you need, you know, can't just wipe your hands of that department. Mm. That's not going to work. Yep. So um, having the, the double authority on your bank accounts, you know, no one can pay anything without your first seeing it. Um, you know, also you've got to be careful these days with a lot of scams going around. Sure. Um, you know, bank details being changed on supplier invoices and things like that. So you need to make your bookkeeper aware if anything gets changed on a supplier invoice, pick up the phone and ring the supplier. Yep. There's a lot of that going on at the moment. And even if we've had some clients that have been affected by that, that we don't oh, we do not do the paying of deals for, mm. and that has happened to them. Yeah, jeez. So people just have to be diligent and I think when you go into business, there's a responsibility that comes with that. Yeah, cool. And, and do you offer a, like a, a second opinion sort of service to, to give the business owner that peace of mind? Is that something you could help out um, someone with if they've got questions around their quality of their bookkeeping? And Yeah, we can certainly do an analysis of their bookkeeping um, and review their file. You can very quickly pick up if there's something abnormal or perhaps something's not being done right or not at all. Mm. And that that is quite often what we do. Every time we take on a new client, we do what's called a cleanse in their file. Yep. Because nine times out of ten when it comes to us, it's not at the standard that we work at. Yep. So we do a cleanse and make sure that we have an accurate, 100% accurate file and financials to be able to move forward with because we don't like giving clients inaccurate information. Uh, brilliant. And and if um, any of the listeners are, are keen to sort of check out um, what it might look like working with you, how would they go about that? Yeah, they could either uh, pick up the phone and have a chat to us. I'm a bit of a have a chat, so happy to chat to anyone at any time. Yep. Um, they could also go to our website, um, have a look at our services on there, or they could just email and we can organise a time down to Zoom and, um, yeah, go from there. Fantastic. Well, um, we'll pop the phone number and um, website details in the show notes if anyone's keen to, to check that out. Um, but yeah, I just really want to thank you for, for sharing your knowledge, Alison. And um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I like, appreciate you as a client, but also looking after so many of our, our clients at Inspire as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I look really look forward to working with the Inspire team this year and and certainly if we can be of help to anyone out there or if you're just not sure if you need a bookkeeper or, or if your bookkeeper's doing the right thing, feel free to reach out and we'd be happy to have a chat too. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks again and I'll, um, I'll speak to you soon. Great. Thanks, Ben. Yes. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with today's guest, you can find their contact information in the show notes in the podcast section of our website at inspire.business. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the Young Family Small Business Podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Also, do join our Facebook community. You can find that by going to youngfamilysmallbusiness.com. And if you're interested in speaking with an Inspire accountant, head to inspire.business forward slash chat, where you can book a free 20-minute strategy call. And lastly, to catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on my Instagram, uh, which is the at symbol Ben Walker CA, or one word, or at Inspire underscore accountant. Thanks again and see you next time.